0: Welcome back to Heritage Bites, Heritage Mississauga's podcast that gives you bite-sized pieces of the fascinating and diverse heritage and history of our city. Today's episode is part two of a three-part series that follows the immigration story of Gaia Najendra and her family. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I suggest you listen to that episode first, as it tells Gaia's immigration journey from the beginning, and includes the incredible escape from the riots in Sri Lanka and her arrival in Canada. I'm your host today, Kelly Ralston, Social Media and Program Coordinator at Heritage Mississauga, and today I'm joined by Megan McIntosh, our Outreach Coordinator, who has spent over a year and a half gathering stories and oral histories as part of her commemorating Mississauga's Cultural Heritage Project. Welcome to Heritage Bites, Meg.
1: Thank you so much. Hello, Heritage Bites podcast listeners. So great to be here today with you.
0: It's great to see some of this comprehensive research and interviews that you've been doing on this project come to fruition. We should also note who
1: funded this project. Yes, a huge thank you to the Ontario Trillium Foundation for funding this project. They have been incredible in helping us do the work of capturing stories from the Mississauga community.
0: Can you describe the project for our listeners, the process that you followed, and some of the planned outcomes?
1: Sure thing. Okay, so the Commemorating Mississauga's Cultural Heritage Project is a project by Heritage Mississauga as I mentioned with funding by the Ontario Trillium Foundation to provide opportunities for the culture community of Mississauga to preserve and celebrate their heritage contributions to the city and really to develop ideas for ways to animate these important community milestones and share with the broader community. So we identified that the cultural community felt that there were no commemorative markers in the city, or maybe just not enough of them, that they could recognize the immigration of their communities and the important stories and milestones that they would want to identify with. So we really wanted to find out if there were shared experiences that we could then co-create with them to turn into content, for instance, videos booklets, guides, articles, interpretive panels that you see around the city or city, or even something like a podcast like we're doing. So pre-pandemic, we are going to meet people in small groups to discuss their stories and then come up with themes for content. But with the pandemic, we did most of these interviews over Zoom, we actually did over 80 of them. And then we gathered the individual stories, which now we're in the process of working with them to create more content with them, for instance, a podcast episode or we've done a few articles so and also we're going to be doing some videos so that that's sort of where we're at right now just looking at all the data and all the interviews we've done and now deciding how are we going to work with the communities to create the content so that these stories can be heard.
0: Perfect and this follows in line with our mandate of research and recording and celebrating. These stories, And I know working with you over the past few years that you've been incredibly enthusiastic about bringing these stories to Heritage Mississauga and exploring the stories of the diverse communities throughout Mississauga. But what inspired you to focus on this important area of Mississauga's heritage?
1: I think I've always had an interest in culture ever since I was young. I studied different religious philosophies in university, like Chinese philosophy, Indian philosophy. I also studied sociology and I've traveled to over 25 countries in the world. And I really believe that we should embrace diversity. I think that everyone has incredible stories and hopefully this project will generate more dialogue and awareness to help prevent prejudice and discrimination. I've lived in different countries and and around the world. And when I came back to Mississauga after living in New York city, I felt like Mississauga had changed so much from when I was growing up, and I really believe now it's one of the most diverse and interesting places in the world. And I'm so thankful that I get to interview people who choose Mississauga to be their home.
0: Amazing. And your projects have also included preserving Mississauga's cultural heritage, celebrating Mississauga's cultural heritage. What are some of the outcomes of these projects?
1: So when we started working on these projects, in the beginning, we really focused on creating new relationships with different cultural groups and organizations in Mississauga. And from there, we created things like the Heritage Network, which is on our website. We've created different videos, booklets, uh, the cultural heritage guide we created, and we created video such as one that talks about the Credit River and its links to the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. As well, we did a couple documentary style videos about how Mississauga came to be from 10,000 years ago to today. So from that, we've really started to do oral histories now with people. And from the oral histories, it's really two hour interviews that we do with people one-on-one. And then from those interviews, we start seeing themes and and connecting the dots between everyone's different oral histories. So we could either do one story with the oral history or take a few oral histories and start seeing themes from from those oral histories to turn into content like the articles. We have a couple of articles on our website now in our section called Heritage Diversity Stories and like what we're doing on the podcast. So we're really excited. We also have a couple more videos coming out in the spring of this year. So we're really excited.
0: Yeah, we've got amazing, amazing programs planned with all of this data you've collected and some of them can be found on our website, www.heritagemississauga.com or on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash user forward slash And today we're returning for part two of Gaia's story and thus far her family and Gaia have escaped the persecution and riots that occurred in Sri Lanka in 1983 and have arrived in Ontario and starting to settle in and learn a new language. Was there anything that was surprising to you so far in Gaia's journey?
1: I've known Gaia for many years since I would contact her for Malton's Multicultural Festival. Every year we were doing a festival's guide and um, newsletter, but I didn't really know her background. So when I was going about interviewing people for this project, She, we reconnected both her and I just, and I got to know her a lot better. And I had no idea that when she was a kid, she had to hide when her house was getting bombed during the 83 riots when she was in Colombo and that she had to leave on the boat, this huge boat ride to Jaffna. So if you think about it, there's so many people we meet that have stories like this, but unless you get to know them deeper, we have no idea their trials or the trauma they've been through. And it really opens your eyes to how brave people are who end up immigrating to Canada
2: um so going back to my amherstburg ontario story so amherstburg ontario was a different experience because we did not have any people of my culture living there so we were kind of alienated but again again we had to um go through a lot to get to where we were and by speaking the english and adapting to the way of the towns we we kind of got used to it, and we didn't feel any more racism, and we had uh, a small community knit feeling. So we made more friends at the time, and people were friendly to us. Luckily, in the near city by Windsor, Ontario, <coughs> excuse me, Ontario, we had a family of um a community of Sri Lankan and Indian people that spoke our language that went to University of Windsor the students and some older families. So by that way we met <coughs> those people and we became friends with them. And 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 in that way we connect we were connected to our culture because we ate the food, we spoke the language, we watched the movies and that way we were connected even though we were living in an alienated area of the province, city, that where everything was foreign. Um, in this city of Miss, uh, Windsor, Ontario, we were able to learn our cultural dance, which is Bharatanatyam, which is uh, a form of tr- traditional dance formed in dance in temples in South India. So me and my sister had learned this from the age of nine. we were up to the age of 19 to 19 to 21. So we were we were pretty good in the art of this dance form. We had many recitals in Windsor and Toronto and Mississauga. We were able to perform our culture and keep it alive and have a spiritual bonding a spirituality bonding with our culture religion tradition and have a relationship especially a relationship with our dance teacher which we call a guru which becomes more than your teacher but she becomes a mother, a second mother to you or a father depending on the female or male, female or male guru and it becomes a bond and a friendship so after this in the fall summer of 1992 my father had um gotten ill He had his first heart attack, Um, he had gotten sick, he was stressed out, he was mowing his lawn and he had chest pains and everything else so he had a heart attack and me and my sister during this time we were in um, Toronto visiting my family because sometimes my dad would used to drive us to Toronto and drop us off there. In the summertime to two to three months to spend time with our extended family and this time around we were in toronto when my, when my father had gotten sick so of course our summer vacation had to be cut because my father hadn't gotten sick so my uncle rushed us back to windsor so we can be with my father and during this time we were visiting my father in the hospital coming home back and forth and all that and my family had a meeting, and we kind of decided it is that best that my family move back to Mississauga because my father needs to be more closer with the family, get more help, and the doctors and access to Medicare was better here, and um, we could have a sense of Sri Lankan Tamil community here, and me and my sister could grow up in a better environment of uh, with our people so that fall of the year 1992 we sold our house packed up our belongings again and we moved to the city of mississauga again where if you realize in the beginning of my story i said that i landed on pearson airport and moved to mississauga in 1985 now i'm coming back after seven years of just living here for six months So, in reality, 1992 is the start of my journey in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. So, we moved back to Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Lived in a rented condominium at Dixie and Bloor, where predominantly the community was South Asian, and we had a lot of Sri Lankan people living in our neighbourhood. So, we felt at home because we know how to speak the language, we can eat the food. And we were, it was a sense of community. This was my first experience as a grade nine student in high school. Um, and I felt that high school was kind of like where um, people didn't know that I was Sri Lankan because of the way I looked, I was kind of ostracized. They thought I was from India or Pakistan and they didn't want to accept me as being Tamil but then I had to prove myself don't treat me like this I am Sri Lankan, I am Tamil and I speak your language so in that way it was kind of hard so I first started to mix with other nationalities because the Tamil people did not want to hang around with me us because I didn't look Sri Lankan myself because I'm a bit more fair skin than other people and you have a little bit of the color discrimination between fair skin and dark skin between Tamils and um, and other ethnicities in the sub, South, South Asian subcontinent. So after a couple of years in high school, the Tamil people started to accept me and they said, okay, we like you now, you're friends. So after this, um, I became more aware of my culture and my surroundings and started to become more active in the community as a volunteer with the Tamil community in Mississauga, starting from age of, I would say, 14 and up. When I was in high school, my father used to take us to election campaigns to volunteer for MPs and MPPs and cultural events and everything else. So that year was the start of our volunteering, plus working with the Greatest Sri Lankan community in uh, Peel Region and Toronto. So during this time, we grew up with the community, both multicultural and Sri Lankan, and we got to go to a, know our social circles between high school and um, and the Tamil community. After this, after graduating from high school, I took it upon myself to go study. In post-secondary school as um, to start to study accounting and commerce because my father was an, an accountant and I thought I would follow in his footsteps so I started my journey in education to start studying accounting and commerce but that did not work out for me too much because I did not like what I did so in in between um, my schooling I had a chance to switch my field to study social sciences because I felt more that I was more of an arts person than an economics or a business major so I I switched my degree to study social science and social work and that point on I just geared my education and my um, experience in social work that way with volunteering and studying the education after I had finished university I worked as I couldn't get a job in social sciences right away. So I worked as a purchasing analyst for a telecommunications company. And um, it was the corporate world. I did not like it. I was not happy and everything else. So that year, I had an opportunity to work in Sri Lanka as a volunteer with a group of students that I went to university with at University of Toronto to go and volunteer in Sri Lanka. So I was, at this time, um, I was about 24 years old and I would say that it was a first time that we went back after so many years to Sri Lanka. We went there, we did a lot of volunteer work with the um, homeless people, people who had affected by the war, children, women, um, families, Orphanages and school children and everything else, and that gave me a insight to what I really wanted to do in my life now. Because my life changed a lot after this experience. So after coming back to Canada, the same year of two thousand two, I um, went further and did my further education in community and social work and social and social work social service worker. Diploma with my degree from the previous years, and I combined everything together and got myself a couple of more diplomas to study and um, and got and started to work in the field And in 2005 Things had changed in the dynamic dynamic of the family Where there was two girls in the family and there was pressure to get married because we were of the age and we were working and so there was my parents had this 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 pressure brought upon them by their society and their family oh if you have two girls you have to get them married off because that's how things are in my culture so 2005 brought on the responsibility of being a wife and three years later brought on the responsibility of being a mother.
0: Well, that was an incredible episode, Megan.
1: It sure was. Uh, I felt like this part really taps into her arriving to Canada, coming to Mississauga first, and then going to a smaller town where her family definitely faced racism. But at the ta- same time, you learn how she deals with it, and she overcomes so many challenges in this episode.
0: So what can we expect next week as we continuing following the journey of Gaia and her family?
1: Well, I love the final episode with her because it really covers her expanding her family. You can see her really some of her losses and her experiences in Mississauga really up until the pandemic. So it's such a a great place to learn about her and where she's at now.
0: So how do our Heritage Bites listeners contact you to share their stories, Megan?
1: I would absolutely love more of your stories. Definitely reach out to me. You can reach me, reach out to me over email. My email address is outreach, O-U-T-R-E-A-C-H at heritagemississauga.org. So once again, it's outreach at Heritage mississauga. .org. definitely reach out to me over email but if you prefer social media you can always send us a message and it'll definitely get to me say you want to share your story and we can connect
0: perfect now before we wrap up heritage bites likes to pose three rapid fire questions to our guests first one what does heritage mean to you hmm
1: i think heritage as the traditions beliefs and people that really make up the community and Heritage is really who we are.
0: Perfect. And second question, how does heritage impact or influence your life?
1: Heritage impacts my life in that it helps me do what I love, discover what the heritage is of Mississauga, gather other people's stories and do storytelling. But it also keeps the heritage alive of my own life, of the people I love. For instance, my mom passed away before I could get her story down. I never recorded her story. And so I feel like doing this project really helps me get the stories down of other people so that perhaps their grandkids can find about their stories or their own kids. And so it really means a lot for me to be able to gather stories and and interview people because I didn't get that from my mom. I, I don't have my mom's story, and it's maybe the one I don't have any regrets in my life, but it's the one thing I do wish I had for my mom.
0: It leaves an incredible uh, opportunity for leaving a legacy.
1: A hundred percent. And third question,
0: what do you love most about Mississauga?
1: I really love the diversity of Mississauga, how you can get any type of food and cuisine here. I love walking down the street or going in the mall and hearing any language when you're walking around. I, what else do I love? I love the parks and it's always really felt like a safe place to me. I feel like Mississauga is a very safe city. Also, I did my schooling here up until university. So I did French immersion when I was young and then I went to a high school for the performing arts. Plus I did extracurricular and dancing. So it's really a place that I have so many fond memories of growing up and it's the place where I can be my most creative self. So overall, I think it's Mississauga has got everything you would really want in a city. Thanks, Megan. Thanks so much, Kelly. And thanks for everyone for listening.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Heritage Bites. We would like to thank Diana Najendra for sharing her incredible immigration story with us and to thank the Ontario Trillium Foundation for their ongoing support for this incredible project. Please visit our website, www.heritagemississauga.com, for your copies of our cultural heritage guides. And don't forget to like, rate, and follow Heritage Bites.